Hey there, I'm Tony from Marathon Mates. In this episode, we have our great marathon mate, Kim Tujman, joining us to tell us all about the World Age Championships and how she got invited to run in the Chicago Marathon. Are you ready to run? Let's go. Welcome to the thrilling world of the flying runner, brought to you by the Marathon Mates. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to The Flying Runner. This week, we have our very special guest, our marathon mate, Kim Tujman, joining us, and she's going to talk about her running journey, which ultimately saw her get invited to compete in the World Age Group Championships at the recent Chicago Marathons. Welcome, Kim, and thank you so much for joining us. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for having me. Now, we're really looking forward to speaking with you uh, a little later on, and we will very shortly. But first, we like to have a bit of a chat about what's going on. So there's my friends, Team Ellis, Tim and Tara. How are you both? And um, what did you get up to on the weekend? Um, So this weekend we did Gatton Park Run. One of my friends, Juanita, she was our friends, Juanita, she was doing her 250th park run, so we went out to Gatton to do that with her. It was lovely. It's a two-and-a-half loop course. Yep. Um, it's got some hills in it, so it's quite challenging. <laughs> There's also signs that say, beware of snakes near the lake, so we're always Ooh. like, oh, yeah. as we're going past there. Um, we did our long run out at Shawncliffe, so it was storming here in Brisbane on Sunday morning. And we woke up at about four o'clock and we're like, do we go out? Do we not go out? Managed to time it in between storms and rain. Um, Yeah, so did that. And Tim did really well. He did 21Ks. I got to about probably 8Ks and I'm just like, I'm walking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's a nice little segue, Tara, because I... Uh, went out for a walk thinking my ankle was okay on Saturday and I think I got about 2Ks done and um, I'm thinking, I went to the physio last week, he gave me some exercises, it, it loosened it up but it's all tight and ugly again now so chances are I may be getting a scan done on it and um, we'll, I, I'm thinking four weeks too late maybe but anyway. Um, <laughs> But it was inter- it was interesting. Dolph was telling me that um, you could have chipped the bone, or there might be a stress fracture. But either way, it's going to be a four uh, six weeks. So whether you're in a moon boot or not, it's going to take you six weeks. So yeah. I sort of sort of thought, well, okay, that brings me up to my birthday around the ninth, uh, November twenty, and if I can be running by then, I'll be pretty happy. So we'll see how yeah. we go, hey. Fingers yeah. crossed for you, Tony. Yeah, just take it easy with that ankle, but it will be a bit puffy and swollen for some time, and, and it will just keep just sort of being there all the time. But uh, yeah. yeah, I guess we just did the other stuff. We just did the treadmill runs during the week. We uh, did a bit of fast stuff, a little bit of slow stuff. So 
we're getting back into the routine of it. We've already knocked over, you know, quite a few kilometres already for November and it's still early in the month and life's pretty good. We're back to normal. It's just <laughs> the heat, I guess. But anyway, we'll deal with that another time. You might be back no. to normal. I, <laughs> I gave up at 8Ks and just, yeah, I'm walking the rest. So it was 10Ks of walking and 8Ks of running. It was yeah, very boring. you got to know your, your body, Tara, as you keep nope. saying. So That's it wasn't the day and that's all good hey um little bit of news so let's go to our news segment now of course the final major marathon of the year the new york city marathon was run and won on sunday um, very, very interesting race but on both sides, I guess, of the men's and females elite. Um, just before I get turn it over to Tim to see what he thought of the race and uh, share some of those elite results, I found it interesting that um, I get, always get this real fear of missing out when you're seeing the majors and you're seeing all your all the people over there and, and going through things. But it's um, very interesting that they ran out of participant shirts um, wow. on on day one of the expo and apparently there was a sizing error or an ordering error and so and if you're an extra small you're in luck but just about every other size um they're going to send it out to you which uh, a little bit disappointing no doubt to many of the participants so tim what did you think of the race well, that's, that's sorry, just before I get to that, that's better than what happened in Tokyo this year where they sold out of all the shirts within the first couple of hours on day one and then didn't bother restocking them or sending them on to anyone. So yeah. at least they're sending them on. But, uh, yeah, the race itself was quite interesting. I, I haven't seen the entire race. I've only seen sort of highlight, highlights clips. Uh, in the in the men's, it was um, a new course record. So uh, mm. a quick run for the men. It was 204.58 for the winner. Uh, here we go. I get the, the, the hard names. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's not me, I don't care. Tammy Rattola, we'll call him yeah. that, who, uh, who came in first place, uh, 204.58. Albert Cora uh, from Kenya. So uh, Tamarat Tola is from Ethiopia. Uh, Cora came in second place at 206.57. So two minutes behind the leader. Uh and then in third place was another Ethiopian, Shura Kitata, who ran in mm. 2011. So uh, I'm Very. not sure what happened there over the last few kilometres, but um, it looks like um, Tamarat took off over the last little bit and, and was able to get a good lead. It was it was interesting because unlike you, I've watched the whole race. So yeah. I, somehow I found time in the day today. But Tola really took off over the Queensborough Bridge and he really... Um, gapped the the person that was running in second at that time was also an ethiopian jamal yima and um he just took off he he sort of um offered um yema to take the front for a while and share the load but yeah. when he didn't he just said uh no nah, that's it i'm doing this by myself and off he went so by the time he hit first avenue he probably put 50 meters on him and then Yima held on until I think he got to the Bronx, but um, Tola was pretty much running by himself. And the interesting thing was the commentators were expecting Yima to be in second, but he ultimately faded that badly that he came ninth. And uh, he was something like seven minutes off 
uh, Tola. So just another one of those um, people that put it all in for that that first half because he was right there, and then just um, just ultimately fell away. So yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it is interesting how that went uh, in the women's. It was a close one. Uh, I mm. think looking at the results, there's ten seconds between third, first and third place. So it looks like it was a sprint finish there. Um, Helen Herberry from Kenya won the event in two hours, 27, 23 seconds. Uh, Latetsune Bet G'day, so G'day uh, from Ethiopia came second, and she was only six seconds behind Herberry. And then Lakidi from Kenya came third, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, 10 seconds after the leader. So it looked like a bit of a sprint finish there. Yeah, complete contrast to the men's race where it was just – um, Tola out in front for, for much of the second half of the marathon. The girls were in a really tight pack and there could have been seven or ten as they were coming across Queensborough Bridge. It ended up to those final three. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just an amazing race. But Abiri's got a really strange style, I found. But when she put the, uh, the, uh, the pedal to the floor, um, the other girls just couldn't go with her. So... Very, very contrasting races, very slow pace. Um, the men were on track for course record pretty much the whole way through. Um, the the ladies were very much, because of the larger pack, it was like a training run there. So it yeah. was interesting, yeah. Yeah, the times the times are a bit slow, I thought, uh, for the, the women. Um, I know we can say 2.11 is the world record set on a flat course in Berlin, but... 227 is the same time that remember last week when I went through the history of the New York Marathon and I said yeah. um, Greta Waits won it in 1980-something, early 1980s, and she set a new world record of two hours 27. So that's the same sort of time that was run 30-odd years ago, almost 40 mm. years ago. So, yeah, um, yeah, it appears like it was a slow time, and if they're running in the pack and in amongst all the crowd of, of other runners, then maybe that's something the organisers need to look at. Don't they normally let the women go off first in, in New York and then the yeah, they did. go through half an hour later? Yeah, they did. And and it was, <clears throat> it was the first – there was only um, – I'm not sure of the exact time, but there wasn't much time between the ladies finishing or or the winner of the ladies and um, the winner of the men's. So they they were actually commentating during the race that, you know, as Toller was getting quicker and obviously on course record pace, he was potentially going to get into a situation where they had men's and ladies finishing at the same time. It was only a minute or two difference. So, yep. so they had the men on one side of the um, the finish line and they set the ladies on the other side just in case that was going to happen. So, <clears throat> Yep. Uh, and then yeah, in the wheelies division, uh, Marcel Hogg of Switzerland won it in a one-hour 25 ahead of Daniel Romanacek, who seems mm. to win all these events. It's either Hogg. Hug or Romana check that win these wheelchair events for the men's. Yeah. Um, and then in the women's, it was um, – have we got the women's? Catherine, uh, yeah, yeah. Catherine, Catherine de Bruna. Yep, yeah. came first in the women's division. So uh, I guess uh, noted there for Australia, Madison DeRosio came seventh in the women's mm. wheelchair division as well. So we always like seeing Maddie do well. We've, yeah. we've met her a few times and she's uh, always got that smile. 
Yeah, very much so. Um, I, I don't know who's going to catch this, Marcel Hugh. Um, I think that's the way you pronounce his name, yeah. Hugh, um, because he's just, I think he's won all six majors this year. So yeah. That's yeah, phenomenal. And before him, it was Daniel Romanchuk who was winning yeah. most of them as well. Yeah. And once again, really interesting, during that race, who actually, because um, what was the second guy's name, Ramachek? Yeah, Ramachek. He was they, he was in Hugh's slipstream, and uh, slipstream. Yeah, and um, Marcel sort of um, um, used his hands to uh, say, "It's your turn. Go to yeah. the front." And he wouldn't and do it, Jan and he wouldn't do it. So the, um, the next camera shot showed Hugh had put like a hundred meters on him. So <laughs> I think I think he was. <clears throat> quite annoyed maybe that um that uh he wasn't gonna the other guy wasn't gonna do his fair share so yeah all righty uh what else we got on the list there so we're going to talk about athens marathon yeah um so what have we got here you you we've brought in here that the classic marathon the authentic is an annual marathon race held in athens greece every year and they call it the authentic because it is trying to replace or retrace the steps of the original marathon. So for those that are probably not aware, I think most marathoners are aware that the marathon uh, came about from about a couple of thousand years ago. It was uh, a battle between the Spartans and the Greeks, I believe, at the time, uh, and the Greeks won it. Mm. So they sent a messenger from the battlefield in Marathon back to Athens. Uh, and his name was Philippides, and he ran all the way back to Athens, announced that they won, and then promptly died <laughs> on the spot. Yeah. Um, so um, this course type tries to replicate that run as best as possible without everyone dying at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> and and basically, no one no one really knows the route that Philippides took during that original marathon run that he took. Uh, and nobody really knows if it was even 42.1095 kilometres. But mm. um, they try to make it as close as possible. They have people dressed up as Spartan and and, and Greek guards. Um, and they finish in the ancient Olympic stadium, the, the traditional stadium, the marble stadium in, in Athens where they light the Olympic torch. So, um, so they've just had this one uh, just um, recently. It's the second Sunday in November. The attracted so it's, it's, it's oh, this, this Sunday, weekend. Sorry, yeah, this, this weekend. weekend. So it attracted, um, it's, it will attract 43,000 competitors. So that's how popular this event is. Mm. Um, and oh, sorry, that's for the whole weekend of races. I should really yeah. read that before, yeah. We do it. Um, <laughs> 16,000 were actually running the marathon, the, the remaining were doing the other events. So it's still a big yeah. time event. 16,000 is bigger than what we got in Sydney this year yeah um well it's about on par um so yeah it's a, a pretty good one generally the greek runners do really well they can get some kenyans and international runners but just one of those bucket list events i think tony that yeah um, you know you want to go to and and uh and tick it off to say you've run the original authentic marathon yeah so tara i've got to ask is athens one of your bucket lists absolutely it's um I think it would be a really, really good one to do. Look, I don't want to die at the end, obviously, but um, <laughs> it's definitely one of my – it's definitely on my bucket list. I've got to finish my six stars first and then yeah. I'm debating on that one or 
maybe Madoc or, Madoc Big or something. Or Patagonia. Or, oh, there's so oh, no. many. But yeah, there's so many, many to choose. There. Yeah. So, Kim, what about yourself? Is uh, Athens on your list of events to do, or? Uh, yes, I pretty much would like to do Athens. Oh. I would. I, I teach this. Um, I feel like I need to correct you a bit there, Tim. There you go. <laughs> the, the, battle of, the Battle of Marathon actually took part between um, the Athenians and the Persians. Oh, ah, yeah. the Spartans. So, sorry. Um, the Spartans were actually coming to their aid. Oh, <laughs> there you go. But they so, were too busy having a celebration at home, so they didn't come for a few days. <laughs> it, it was a while since I learned about it back in uh, I just started <laughs> so, it's very so, fresh Tim, if, for me. If, if ever you're on one of those shows where you can phone a friend, you know who to phone. So. <laughs> yeah, <that'd be> <laughs> the, one, so. the history teacher. Uh, that's it. That's it. And then I guess the other news this week, Tony, is uh, Kelvin Kipton, the world record holder in the men's marathon, has made a big announcement in the last couple of days. Uh, he's come out and announced that he will be running Rotterdam Marathon mm. next April. So that... That basically means that he's foregoing the big prize money opportunities in London to go and run a somewhat lesser event because London's run in April and Boston's run in April. Um, so he's he's foregoing those big money events to go for a flat course in Rotterdam. Maybe, and I guess this is what he's looking to do, is to go and break the two hours there in Rotterdam on a flat course and then get the big sponsorship dollars and be remembered forever and a day as being the first man to mm -hmm. officially break the two-hour marathon mark. Yeah, it's um, it's very interesting, isn't it? There was a lot of speculation that he was going to do Valencia. Is it Valencia? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. on, his, on, then, his initial, yeah on his initial post, he put out hashtag Valencia Marathon. So mm. uh, maybe that was just a diversion. What does this mean for the um, Olympics then? Like yeah. if he's racing in April, when's Olympics? July. July. Yeah, he might be. Just, he might be just letting the Olympics go and leaving that to Kipchoge, and then maybe he might back it up in September in Berlin. Well, and and maybe that's the strategy because maybe he's um, he wants the world record and the under two, and and then Kipchoge Elliot gets his third gold medal in a row, and yeah. they're both achieve what they've set out to do and Elliot can then maybe retire. I, I don't know. So, but, but yeah, very interesting. A um, lot of politics in Kenyan athletes can athletics. Can I tell you, I'm one, in one of those groups, which is just dominated by uh, um, Kenyan supporters. And um, there is a lot of politics in Kenyan athletics and there's a lot of talk that says that Elliot and um Kelvin won't be picked in the same Olympic team so I don't know what that means very interesting yeah I, I can see him lining up he'll go and do Rotterdam break the the two-hour world record uh miss the Olympics and then go to Berlin and, and take over Kipchoge's crown in Berlin maybe yeah, um, yeah. or go back to Chicago where he's had, had success it might be the passing of the crown yeah, but those guys go for the big money, which is a shame that he's not going to London. But um, he's obviously feeling he'll make the big money in endorsements and sponsorships mm -hmm. and, and legacy. Yeah. 
Very, very interesting. That's going to close off our new segment because now it's time that we can focus on our very special guest. Thanks for putting up with this, Kim, while we just <laughs> do the rambling around. And, and thanks for Kim's yeah. um, history. It's actually yeah. written on the notes as Persia and I just didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, so, but, um, yeah, thank you for correcting him. So, Kim, we've met you a couple of times on Travelling Fit uh, Trips now with uh, yourself and your husband, Stephen. Um, you're recently in Chicago um, where the uh, Wander Age Group Championships were. Um, Kim's run many races right around the world. And I believe you're like Sharon and I chasing your six-star medal in Tokyo for next year. So no doubt right in the middle of training. Um, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Over oh, to you, Tim. Oh, you want me to ask the first question? Okay, I'll ask the first question. Okay, hit me. We ask this, I'm just mucking around in the background for our listeners. I'm showing my Tokyo Marathon shirt off. So. All right. <laughs> well, at least um, you've got one. Yeah, oh, well, we've got two, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I did have three, but I gave one away to Terry Frew, who didn't get one. So, um, But that's another story. Um, we ask this question for all of our guests. So the opening question is, when did you first get into running and why did you get into running, Kim? Okay, so running was actually a progression for me. Um, I've always played a lot of sport, but running wasn't one of the things that was high on my list of priorities. Um, I did a lot of sports that involved running, like soccer and netball and um, hockey, but my transition into running really came through triathlon. So I started triathlons about when I was about 35, and I started running, uh, started doing more endurance events, which led to a little bit of the longer running. And by the time I was in my early 40s, I did my first marathon. I actually think I did my first Ironman before I did my <laughs> <laughs> marathon. And I, to this day, I'll still say it's easier to run one at the end of an Ironman than it is to run one from the start to finish. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So um, I've been running marathons now for 20 years. Um, Tokyo will make marathon number 41 for me. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the six stars for me was not the original reason I was running, um, these races. It's kind of just fallen into place for me over the last couple mm. of years, given that New York for me was 2014. So that's nine years ago. It's going to be mm. nearly 10 years, my making of the six stars. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, well, you need to come back next year and celebrate with us in, in New York. Ah, um, somebody Can else told me to go to New York, but then they were trying to talk me into going back to Boston the following year. So <laughs> I think I would, I, I might like to do that again, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, look, some of our listeners are not aware of the um, Abbott's World Major Marathon um, Wanda Age Group World Championships. Can you give us a bit of an insight of to what it actually is? Kim? Okay, I myself wasn't really sure when I got this invitation. <laughs> I had seen people before at races wearing this medal and I seemed to think it was just someone who probably placed first, second or third in their age category. Um, and then someone was telling me about it when we were at the London ones and I thought, oh, yeah, I just I don't know, how do you become a part of that? Anyway, mm. I had run a couple of races under four hours and one just on four hours last year. And I got this invitation to invite me to go to Chicago where they were holding the World Age Group Champs. And they invite quite a lot of people. There is an automatic qualifying time, um, at least there is now, 
of three hours 48 for my age group. My age group is 60 to 64. Um, so I haven't quite got to that stage yet. My fastest marathon ever was 3.51. I ran a 3.52 in Chicago, so I'm nudging it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so if you get within that range or if they don't feel the amount of people, I believe they invite people who are becoming close to that um, time barrier to um, come and do the World Age Group champs. I think they only started from about age 40. I think 40 to yeah. 44 mm. might be the first age group that they work on, yeah. So um, you sort of almost accidentally fell into it, um, reading between the lines there, Kimmy. Um... I, I believe that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise. I looked at it and I already had my star in Chicago and I looked at this and I went, when am I ever going to be invited to do something like that again? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going, you know, so... So it's all about it's all about the qualifying time. So yes, I'm... every age group has a different qualifying time um, yeah. for the age group champs. I think it's kind of been a bit of a work in progress. So yeah, um, you know they may still be working on how many they're taking in each division. It was really difficult for me to even work out where I came in my division. I got my placing, but when I look at the results it doesn't give me a placing in how many were in my age group. I have oh. a feeling there were like maybe 600 or more yeah. in my age group, but I can't get down the page far enough to see. So it's a bit of a, a fault <laughs> in the website there. They do it alphabetical. They don't do it like oh, from placing when you go into the age group category. Mm. So it took me a bit of a while to work out how many people were actually virtually in that age group. So I placed... Um, I think in the early eighties, which I was pretty happy with. Yeah, extremely yeah. much. Yeah, and well was, done. Mm. Qualifying races don't have to be the the qualifying races don't have to be the majors, do they? They can be other events. There and there's quite a large list of um, marathons mm. that um, are qualifying races for the um, age groups, um, yeah. which is why I believe that Sydney can be put on place for holding the the race as well. Yeah. yeah, I've actually put um, Tim qualifying races in Oceania in the show notes a little bit later on, so we can share that with the <laughs> listeners when we get to it. Excellent. All right. They also, um, if you're on that Abbott um, uh, group, they sometimes put in where you can double up a marathon and get extra um, chances of getting in. So when I did Chicago, I actually could enter myself as doing another marathon and using Chicago. So I actually got to use it as two races. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So they do it for that whole period from Berlin to New York. So anyone running Berlin, Chicago, and New York can double up. So ah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So. So being invited to this, you get a special tent and stuff like that too, don't you? Like you get a nice little warm tent because it's cold outside and you get to snuggle up into this nice warm tent before you run and do all the fun things. That's correct. Yes, it was. Um, it was um, we had we were given a light breakfast. Um, we, were give, we were escorted to our corrals. Um, we had our own um gear drop there and I wouldn't normally use a gear drop but thinking that it's you know it's a smaller group there that well it wasn't too small there was probably 2,000 people in all the age groups um that were in there um or maybe more and um so yeah that was good getting in there being able to have a drink um something small to eat before the race 
and then not worrying about trying to find your anchor out they would escort you down there so yeah, yeah that was good it's a bit like being royalty isn't it <laughs> it was and it was really good on the way back too because once you finished they escorted you back into the tent they gave you your medal here it is oh oh cool oh wow that's it um yeah. And then they escort you in and they give you more food and massages <laughs> if you feel like one. Um, yeah, so it's it's quite nice. Yeah. Mm. Special treatment. You feel like a VIP. <laughs> yeah. So with the age group champs in Sydney in 2024, are you aiming to be there? Um, look, it would be nice. Uh, as I said, I haven't run a qualifying time. I'm four minutes outside of that at the moment. Whether or not um, the races I've done this year will give me a um, entry. I don't know as yet. I'd be happy to do it if I got invited. I mean, it's it's would be good being in Sydney, you know, mm. not having to make another trip overseas. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets expensive, doesn't it? This this it gets very sport. expensive. Yeah, yeah it certainly sport. does. <laughs> so you've got five of the six stars. Tokyo That's is right. going to be your six. That's only a just over 100 days away, according to the notes here, so it's not that mm. far away. Yeah. Have you put much thought into, firstly, Tokyo, but secondly, uh, I guess the achievement in general, getting the sixth star? Yeah, I'm not really quite sure how I feel about, like how I'm going to feel about that. Um, I've, I'm really rebuilding at the moment after Chicago. I, I've had a couple of sicknesses and I've really gone back to scratch to sort of doing some harder, smaller running um, some really long walking, um, just trying to really rebuild. I'm going to Disney World in January to do the Dopey Challenge. So at the moment, yeah, I'm just kind of trying to work on tired legs so that I can do that back-to-back -back running. The, the marathon there I'm going to treat as a fun day. So I, I'm going to take the 5, 10, especially the 21. I'm going to do a um, – I'm probably going to have a really good hard hit out at the 21. Um, and then just enjoy myself in the in the marathon and treat that as my training building up for Tokyo. Yeah. You so, say that yeah. now until you're sealed in character. <laughs> you're like, oh, I've got to get a photo with Jack Sparrow or I've got to get a photo with such and such. And you're like, oh, there goes my 21 time. It's sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, I'll wait for the 42 for that. Yeah. Oh, no, the different character. Right. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Different, different course, Only different because the queues are too long in those shorter races. You have to stand yeah, on a queue. In a marathon, if you've got a bit of distance, you know, you go, oh, there's only two people on that queue. I'll run over and get a photo <laughs> with that one. No, there's, there's lines of, you know, generally we found they're five to ten minute long lines in most of them. So you're just yeah. running for fun in Dopey. It's, yeah. it's, it's a yeah. whole different experience. I'm very yeah. jealous. If yeah, you want, no. I can take all the photos on your phone. Oh, I have actually oh, done it before. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have done it before, so you're okay. Yeah, you know what's going yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a bit competitive to not run that 21 hard. Competitive with myself. Yes. I want to do a good time in the 21. <laughs> I know I'm running, I'm running well over that distance. I, I break down a bit in that last 10Ks at the moment. So mm. Chicago, I was running really well. I probably... I. I would have been on time for under a sub 350 but had a bit of a hip issue towards the end and um, I'm actually just really proud that I ran to the end because there was a time when I thought I might just walk that last 7K. So, you know, mm. it's that um, always surprised what 
my head can make my body do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As they always say, marathons are um, 95% um, mental and 5% yeah. um, crazy. Crazy. No, no, 5%. Obviously, for them. But what is it? Yeah. It's a mental sport. You have to be mental yeah. to do it. Mm. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially when you can get in a car and actually drive that distance much faster and much easier. So. Yeah. <laughs> So what got you started on your six-star journey? So you did New York and then, then why did, yeah. I guess yeah, what you made you going? keep going? Mm. Okay, so I did New York. Um, we I actually had gone 2012 and it was cancelled by um, Hurricane Sandy. So our twins were doing the HSC the following year, so um, we put it off for two years. We did that one. Then I had um, a bit of an injury um, which then led into a couple of years of Achilles issues. So my running really backed off. Um, and then I got back into it by doing um, the Great Wall of China. I said to myself, I don't think I can run fast anymore, so I'm going to make it all about adventures, go and see the world. So I started by going to China um, and I've done Petra Desert and Iceland. And um, then I had another series of injuries i got frozen shoulder and i have a balance problem i had vestibular neuritis which was an, um, a virus attack the nerve in my ear i still have balance problems um, that so that put the swimming and the cycling out for good for me at the mm. moment and i started to really just concentrate a bit on getting out there doing long walking and and taking it into running i i'll steal the line from shawshank redemption i said to myself get busy living or get busy dying and, mm. and that was the kind of aim I took so I became much more consistent in my running and my running time improved and I thought to myself I'd really like to do Boston but I'd really like to qualify so I was running well at the beginning of last year and I thought you know what I had some money owing to us from traveling because we were going to do the um, race in the north of New Zealand when it first came out and then it got cancelled yep. for COVID and I said to Stephen, you know, I'm, I'm running pretty well. I think I'm going to do Berlin. And they say that's a fast course. So I'm, I'm going to change my money over to Berlin. But this was in about January and I thought, oh, now I've got to stay fit and healthy January. <laughs> and, and I was turning 60 that April, but on the 20th of April and I'd entered Canberra. It was early April until I discovered that that race actually still got me into the window for Boston. Then, you know what? I'm going to go to Canberra and see if I can run my qualifying time there and then I can enjoy Berlin. So um, I did. I ran a 3.57 in Canberra. My my qualifying time for Boston is 4.20 and a 20 minute, over 20 minutes gets you automatically and you don't have to wait for the, um, the buffering zone that they might have. Mm. And so I had entered Berlin and... Um, then realised that London was a week later. So I went, well, that would be silly not to do it. <laughs> Boston was then. I, I got into Boston uh. April after. So, you know, my first two, I did 2012. I did Chicago in 2019 and I did bang, 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 three really quickly and now mm. it's just Tokyo. So it's, it's kind of fallen into my lap more than mm. me going out looking for it. I first was concentrating on getting every state and territory in Australia. That was what I I went and did. Yeah. And, and I've had my eye on all the, the seven continents as well. So 
um, finishing with Antarctica when when I win the lottery. I'm almost. Got, I've still got Africa and um, South America to go as well. Yeah, so. I'm. I'm almost scared to ask him, but what's been your favourite race? If we're talking Abbott's races, I'm going to say New York, of course, Mm. Um, and mostly that was the the whole Central Park thing. I think personally Chicago is beautiful. I thought that was a really beautiful city to run in. Um, And Boston, of course, like it's just being there in Boston. What I loved most about Boston is I thought it was a really honest course. People talk too much about flat courses. They're not good for my body. Um, (laughs) it's, It's like... It's like total RSI for me. I'm just using the same muscles. I'm just pounding on the concrete and I'm getting injured. So I much prefer to throw a few hills in there and and I really enjoyed that about Boston. If I look for a race outside of the Abbots, I'm probably going to go with the Outback Marathon in Northern Territory, Uluru, Galara. That was a very special race. Um, No music needed, no, you know, no, no... inspiration because it was all there you didn't need to draw on your own mental thoughts as much i just loved everything about it and petra desert was pretty special too <laughs> <laughs> i mean most races have something pretty good going i wasn't a big lover of melbourne not one of my yeah, favorite i'm not a fan of melbourne but yeah the best thing is yeah. finishing inside the mcg yeah, mm. but I feel like they usher you straight out of it again too. So. Yeah, <laughs> for me. Whereas when I did the one in Adelaide, we totally finished in Adelaide Oval, and that was really lovely. You did a loop mm. around it and finished, and but there was wasn't the same amount of people, so it's a bit different. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, we all have moments when things get tough, and we need to find some motivation along the way. How do you uh, motivate yourself? Uh, when you're running in a race or when you're training uh, to keep going, to keep getting to the end, how do you, what sort of tips do you recommend or do you use? Uh, well, Tara, I'm a big fan of the walking, but not in the race, in the training. <laughs> if training gets tough, I don't have a problem with walking. I, I just think time on legs, no matter how I'm doing it, is pretty good. And I'm not a total kilometre junkie. I prefer to just be consistent with my training and, you know, one longish run, a few short, faster ones. And if I don't get the long run in, I sometimes look at it this way. You know, I can hurt for lots of weekends. I can just hurt on one day. Yeah. Sometimes mm. I opt for just hurting on one day. <laughs> I, I'm with you. And, and then I'm not real happy with myself. I'm <laughs> 100% with you on that one, Kim. It's, yeah. yeah. You've got to just listen to that body. You know you're going to get through that marathon on the day. It's yeah. not your first one. You've just got to listen and do what's right for you. And time yeah. on legs is my motto as well. So yeah. 100%. Time on legs and pickle juice. (laughs) Pickle juice. Anything they they want to hand me, I'm trying it. (laughs) Seriously, I will try it. But see, my I guess the background for me is endurance stuff. So I know I'm pretty okay with the endurance stuff. It's just, is the body going to hold together? I play lots of little mind games. I split the race up into six lots of seven. Um, and I throw away pretend scrunchies every 7Ks or all these other little mental games that I have. When I get to 37, um, having done a lot of triathlons, I say to myself, you've got off a bike at 30 at feeling like this and run and felt sorry. You've got off a bike feeling worse than this and had to run five kilometres. 
So that's yeah. what I kind of say to myself at 37. You know, you can get through this. You want it to end now, but you know you can do it. So I pretty much just have those. I love that positive thinking that you have to yourself, yeah. that digging deep. I, I say to people, I know it sounds a bit corny, but I liken um, doing these races to grief. You don't know how strong you are until things get bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, I like, and then I like the self-talk. Sometimes I can't wait till the bad parts start. <laughs> this is where I get to talk to myself. I like that person that I find when, mm-hmm. when things And you do tough. learn a lot about yourself in a you marathon. certainly do. And yeah. that's what a lot of people don't realise is that it's not just about running that race. It's about learning about you as a person and what you that's can right. handle and endure as well. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. So what's your plan after running Tokyo and Sydney, obviously, again, if um, that becomes one, what's your plans for you? Obviously, you want to do your continents and just seven states. Is that all your states? Oh, you've done Um, all your states, yeah. Yeah, and it's supposed to include North and South Island of New Zealand. I've done South Island. Technically, I've done North Island at the end of an Ironman, but I'm not allowed to count that one. So um, I've been look, had my eye on Hawke's Bay, maybe. Oh, yes. Over there enjoying Hawke's Bay. But, um, yeah, I haven't got any real long-term, like, nothing's kind of popped up just yet. They kind of just happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> it it sounds know. like so that's... that looks good. Yeah. I think it's almost Athens been there. Yeah. Sorry? Athens might be there for you. Yeah, I think you planted a bit of a seed there. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, it, it's like um, you've fallen into this thing called running journey all the all the way, and it's uh, been a very positive experience. I might just share for the listeners um, some of the, I won't go through them all, but some of the age group uh, results from Chicago. My age group was unbelievable. Yeah, so in the female, I'll start with the, I'll do the the youngest Mm -hmm. age group and then the oldest age group for both female and male, and I'll also cover off Kim's uh, category. So female 45 to 49 was won by a lady from Japan, Mai Fujusa, and she was a 241. Oh, my God. Fujisawa. Yeah, is that the way you say it? Um, for the female 80 plus so 80 plus mary j brinkman uh she won that in seven hours and three minutes but interestingly at 75 to 79 was Jeannie rice from the usa Mm -hmm. and she was 334 and i'm just going ridiculous it is um, amazing she's an amazing athlete yeah, in Kim's age group, Jenny Hitchens from USA, 249, Kimmy. So, yeah, like uh, how can you compete against that? I believe mm. she was something like fifth overall as well. Something wow. unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Big, big um, shout out there also in the 55 to 59, Tony. It's an Australian lady, Jill Wilkie, uh, mm. 57 and won her age category. So, yeah. So, sorry, what time did she do? Two hours, 57. Yeah, that equals what I think Krishna Stanton did in London last year at the. But this Julie Hitchings beat that time in London this year. She did something like two forty-five in London. Wow! 
And so wow. that was breaking the record for the 55 to 59, but it wasn't in the age group champs. Yeah. And then yeah. when you look at you look at the males in the 40 to 44 category, uh, the winner was Cesar Lozano Cedino from CRC. Yeah. Um, Czech Republic, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Czech Republic. Yeah, 224.05. And then 80 plus. So this is something for all of us to look forward to. My young June Kim from the USA, and he did it in 421 and 34 seconds. So crazy. It's fantastic. Fantastic athletes, and Kim to be invited to compete with them is just something you should be very, very proud of because, um, you know, they are pretty quick time. So, yeah, they certainly are. Now, some of the qualifying races in Oceania, um, so you don't have to travel too far to actually um, post a qualifying time. Uh, Kim mentioned the Canberra Marathon Festival. That's part of it. The Front Runner uh, Christchurch Marathon in New Zealand, the Rotorua Marathon in New Zealand, the Brisbane Marathon, the Rotness Running Festival at... Uh, is part of it. The Wellington Marathon's part of it. You can qualify in Cairns, Townsville, and the Sunshine Coast is part of it. The Sydney <laughs> Marathon, of course, is part of it. Perth Marathon, Auckland, and the Pack and Save. Oh, Go on. Wanganui. Yeah. Isn't it? No, it's Wanganui. <laughs> isn't the WH pronounced no. like an F? Okay. No, that so, one that one is Wanganui. Wanganui <laughs> Bridges Marathon in New Zealand. So you get a real mix of um, of uh, opportunities to qualify right here in Australia and New Zealand. So I think, um, I think you've just given us about another 12 different bucket list marathons to run there, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> the New Zealand ones are good. The, the Auckland one, is that on that list? I thought I saw Auckland on there. Yeah, Auckland's yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah ASB Auckland. Auckland. So that's on this weekend, or was it last weekend? It was last weekend. Last weekend, mm. I think. That's one for you, Kim. That's I highly one. recommend that one. Yeah. Which one? Auckland. The Auckland Marathon. Oh, okay. Highly recommend that one. You run over the Harbour Bridge. It's fantastic. Yeah. I think the yeah. sort of that breaking sun or the first light one, that was going to be my North Island. For Gisborne, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're going to do that one, Kimmy, so... Uh, Sharon and I. Sharon's always wanted to do it. I've just yeah, yeah. It was so going to we'll be do the that. first one, the one that we entered when when we entered it. Oh, the truly. first time they were running it, yeah. So they've done it a couple of times since then. Now that'd have been pretty special. So yeah. Oh, so, well, I got to Berlin instead. Yeah, well, yeah, twist <laughs> the old also arm. Included, um, uh, the Bordeaux one as well. So well, yeah, you did three in three in weeks, dog, yeah. didn't you, or three, something? Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah, you in London, and I'm just like, I was in awe of you in London. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. my goodness, how many marathons can these people run in one, one year? I was and, in the Hurt Locker in London, but I actually ran, that was the fastest one. I ran out the three of them. But, yeah. yeah, you're too you drunk at the dock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've actually said I'd love to go back and run London a lot slower and really take it in because I looked at yeah. all your photos and I'm like, Oh wow! I really just don't remember all that. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe you're still recovering from the hangover from the doc. I oh, may have been. It's all right, Kim. It's got nothing to do with pace. I look at a lot of Tim's photos as well and think, did I run through that? So, yeah. So, um, 
Kim, at the end of the interview, um, it's now customary for me to do the fast six. So I'm going to give you six very oh, quick God. questions, <laughs> and I we look for six very quick answers. So um, are you ready? Oh, I suppose I have to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do. So um, podcast. Okay, podcast or music? Oh, music. Best running advice ever given to you? Be consistent. What run? What advice would you give to someone starting out? Um, don't go out too hard. <laughs> uphill or downhill? Uh, uphill. Gels or blocks? Gels. And your favourite shoes to run in? Uh, Nike. Oh. Always. I can always. own a pair of Nike super and they'll shoe? always fit. <laughs> the, the super shoe, shoe or just the normal... Running shoes. Uh, both of them, the vapor fly, vapor flies for racing, yeah. um, and I just use like a Pegasus one for walking and um, other running, slower yeah. running. Yeah. You must have nice narrow feet. No, I don't. I have broad feet. Actually. Oh, and they fit you. Okay. I just have a bigger size. I just take a size bigger in running shoes, and I can always order the size and whatever shoe it is. It always fits. Nice work. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, that's nice. Um, Kim, you were very nervous before we went on air. I hope those nerves have disappeared because you've been an absolutely fantastic guest and Thank you've you. given us amazing insights. And I'm sure that um, maybe there's some listeners out there that you might have whetted their appetite into getting into that World Age Group Championships and there may be one or two new goals set. So thank you so much for joining us, Kim. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Mm. Till next thank time. Yeah. <laughs> next time. Yeah. All right, then. All right, so don't run away. We'll just wind her up. And, of course, we've got uh, it's that time of the week where Tim forgets <laughs> what fits on an Instagram post. So, Tim, what's your tip this week? short tips. <laughs> uh, my tip this week is about running different paces for a better outcome in your running so running at the one pace all the time and constantly won't lead to better results necessarily on the training track uh, so mixing up speeds will build up strength and endurance um, and that all helps later on when you're doing the longer distances like you might get when you're doing a marathon so um it also can reduce some of the boredom you get when you're running the same pace over and over and over again if you if you mix it up and, and run at different paces uh some examples of running at those different paces can be just doing some a series of sprints instead of going for one you know 5k run just do five 1k sprints or or, or 100 meter sprints um broken up over over a longer distance uh, fartlex is another example uh, where during the run a long run you might then do um, you know a couple of hundred meters at a faster pace and then back it off and then do another couple of hundred meters at a faster pace mm. or you could just focus on on one training session each week of just going faster whether it's at park run trying to improve your 5k park run time every week or whether it's getting on the treadmill and running out um, you know faster and faster distances or pace on the treadmill over a period of time that's something that Tara and I do to break up the boredom during our midweek sessions. We try to get a faster run in on the treadmills. And for us, uh, even on our long runs, we try to break it up, particularly at the end of a long run. We try to do a faster run. Uh, we're fortunate we've got like a 350-metre run straight down a jetty. Uh, we turn around at one end 
there's 350 metres at the end of the jetty to the finish line on our long runs. And we'll quite often sprint that out and push it out. And it helps with that endurance, helps with the strength in the legs, uh, allows you to think that you've got more than what you think you've got in your system. Mm. So that's my tip this week is to try and build something different into your running rather than just running at the same pace over and over and over again. Yeah. And uh, I think that was backed up with what Kim was saying in relation to, to flat decks and um, flat decks as, as in flat roads and flat courses. You do it, mixing it up is always going to increase um, different work, different muscles, and uh, you'll get better results. Works the muscles differently and builds up the strength a little bit differently in those muscles. Um, and, you know, as I said, builds up that endurance as well, which is what ultimately you're looking for in a marathon. Mm. Tim, thanks for that. I'll squeeze that into an Instagram post. No dramas. So. I've got it there if you've got points for you. Just... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, and just for our listeners, we do put out uh, Tim's tips on a Tuesday on our Instagram account. So if you do want to rehash in a very shortened format, um, it's available to you on Tuesday. <laughs> um, Tim, thanks again. What's happening next week? I think you're our host for next week. Yeah, yeah, I am, but I'm going to get Tara to do it because I've spoken too much tonight. Oh. <laughs> okay. Right. Thanks, Tim and Tony. And Tim, <laughs> um, so we all know things are starting to get hot here in summer as it start, as summer starts to catch up with us. Um, we're also finding that there are less and less races on and it's a long time between now and when the next races start. So next week we're going to talk all about running in the heat and training through summer. I reckon this one will be a sizzling episode now, I make that joke that is Tim's dad joke please do not blame me for that uh, I was able uh, to get the joke back in oh. yeah here I was thinking we got rid of Tim's joke except it was much better delivered by Tara by the way so hey, thank, thank you, you. Well, thank you Tara probably given it to me so that he doesn't cock for that one <laughs> and just before we end just um, recapping, we had Joel Errington on the other day mm. from uh, Indigenous Marathon Runners, oh, yeah. um, confirming he did run New York and confirming he went sub four hours. I'm not going to give his yeah. time away, but um, you know, we haven't had any real. We've he's reached out and made some comments on a few posts that I've seen. Yeah. Um, it looks like he's very happy. The photos look like he's very happy yeah. when he's got his medal. Uh, and it's so good to see. And I think all the Indigenous marathon participants all finished and crossed the line in the end as well. So yeah, congratulations um, to the team. Yeah, yeah, really happy for them. Very much so. Thanks, um, everyone. If this ends our show for tonight. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flying Runner podcast. If you did enjoy the episode, please like and subscribe wherever you listened or watch this episode. Video the episodes available on Spotify and YouTube and audio is on Apple, Amazon and Google and just about every podcast platform out there. As I mentioned, we're also on Instagram and Facebook. So if you haven't already, please follow us because um, we're improving our social media game. So remember, every step forward is a victory. Lace up, hit the road and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks again, Kim. Until then, Thank you. Thank you. happy running. Happy, Happy running. running. Happy running. <laughs>